Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this show. On this episode, we'll be discussing a few stories, one of them being Avi Schnau leaving the Aguda. What's up with that? You're listening to The Daily Thread. Okay, so this is the last episode of this week. Okay. And let's let's dive into our our plethora of stories we have here. Okay. Um, the first one... The first one I have here via Yeshiva World News. The title reads, Scary Moments, a lockdown at Flatbush Yeshiva lifted after a barricade scene concludes safely. What happened? Uh, a cautionary lockdown at Yeshiva Darchi Eres YDE on Flatbush's Coney Island Avenue was lifted Thursday afternoon after reportedly armed barricade subject directly across from the yeshiva was found not to be at the scene. The yeshiva was placed on lockdown by the NYPD and members of the Flappa showroom due to the risk of a potential spillover violence. As police negotiators attempted to contact the man who was believed to have holed up in an apartment building at around 12.30 p.m. Thursday uh, following a landlord-tenant dispute. Ah, okay, so where, where was basically this? Where was this? This was in Flappa. This is in Coney Island. Coney Island Avenue? Coney Island Avenue. Coney yeah. Coney Island Avenue and where? It makes a big difference. Man had reportedly phoned the police and was threatening to shoot people. That's wow. never a good idea. NYPD's intelligence unit has since been in touch with the suspect and confirmed that he is not in the building following a super prem of uh, a sweep of the premises. I don't know where he is, to be honest. So Richie Taylor, Lieutenant Yitzi Jablon, Brooklyn South Community Affairs were both at the scene, ensuring that the school and the parents were kept updated as the students remained under lockdown. Uh -huh. So the police went, the SWAT went. It was, you know, got a nice, not a nice, a lot of nice pictures with a lot of, uh, you know, fancy people, helicopters. Yeah, listen, it was a good opportunity for a photo op, that's for sure. It's a good but story. Ultimately, ultimately, nothing ended up happening there. It was just, uh, just nothing. I guess better okay. safe than sorry, though, right? Yes, yeah, so talking about uh, talking about guns uh, potentially and, and violence. Um, a story that uh, broke about uh, an hour or two ago. Um, you know, yesterday someone was shot on uh, Pico Boulevard, Pico Robertson area yeah. of Los Angeles. Los Angeles, out of school. Yeah. So uh, a second Jewish man was shot in Pico Robertson area in uh, as many days. It says uh, on the Los Angeles scoop. Do you know that there was an LA scoop? First nope. report on the shooting saying that the victim was shot in the arm on South Bedford and Pico Boulevard after leaving the shul on February 16th, that's today, and the person that was shot is in stable condition. A spokesperson for the LAPD told uh, a newspaper that the shooting occurred on the 1600 block of Bedford Street at 8.47 a.m., uh, that the suspect is believed to be a white male wearing a black mask, black glasses, a black sweater, Armed with a nine millimeter handgun, so uh, that's uh, that, that's problematic. Uh, the police there got to crack down. Is that is that a hate crime or is that just violence? Uh, you know, the funny thing is this: this is how this story ends. We get to the end of it. Uh, let me see. And to ease the volunteer support security team for Jewish. Okay, uh, they they not they still investigating. They can't say definitively that it's a hate crime. So. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't imagine a hate crime coming more of a wrapped up, gift wrapped with a bow on top, than uh, a guy walking out of shul and and being shot. Uh, anyway, he says that I don't know who it is. The uh, rabbi said he uh, issued a statement that calls for the community to learn situational awareness and self defense, and either volunteer or support security teams for Jewish institutions. 
we all uh, we are all in this together. That's a uh, Rabbi Elifert said that we're all in this together. Situational awareness. You know, I was born and raised in Crown Heights. How 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 situationally aware can you be? If someone's uh, shooting at you. I, I was I was born in Crown Heights when in in, in the 1960s the uh, neighborhood was changing. It was changing. You okay. Know? Uh, there was such, there was no such thing as street crime in the 50s and early 60s, but then things changed. And, and houses started getting robbed, and people started started getting mugged. It was a shock. It was a cultural shock. It didn't happen. People didn't do that to other people. You're not gonna, you know, you look through all the history books for the last few hundred years, the 1700s, right. the 1800s, whether it's in New York, whether it's in Poland, whether it's in Russia. I mean, it may have had, uh, uh, um, you know, once the World War II broke out, it was a different dynamic. But everyday life, you didn't get beat up on the street and robbed. You know, or shot at. Right. It just did. It just it just didn't happen. I remember this uh, Rabbi Elephant talking about situational awareness, and uh, you know, being on the lookout and getting together. Once you had to form a security patrol of of your own, it's the beginning of the end. I have to tell you, it's the beginning really? of the end. Yeah, but we. Well, I mean, Crown Heights did that, and it never was the end. Well, you know, it got so bad that we used to live like we had we had a doctor next door to us. And it started the whole the whole drug craze began around then. And because he had uh, some drugs in his office, because he was a doctor, his 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 office got started getting broken into a few times a week, uh, mm-hmm. to the point where on our street, on Montgomery Street, um, in Crown Heights, we had to hire a security guard, a private security guard, just to patrol one block, Montgomery Street between Brooklyn Avenue and Kingston Avenue. And the first crazy. and the first night that the security guard, which was paid for by all the homeowners on the block, the first night that he was on patrol, he got beat up. Oh wow! Well, Abba, didn't you have a a situation once where you were in your bedroom and you and someone tried breaking into your home? <laughs> yeah, it was on, it was on a Friday night. You know, I don't know I don't know what time of year it was. It must have been warm outside. So uh, you know, we we had we had bars on all our windows. Okay. Except on every, every place in New York City has that, right? Except in one, except for the purpose of escaping, God forbid, during a fire, there was one set of bars in my room that was able to be opened up to escape Shalom in case of a case of a fire. Anyway, I don't know what kind of intelligence they had in those days, but it was Friday night. I wasn't asleep yet. I must have been laying in bed reading, and I see a pair of hands come into the window and try to lift up the window, and they opened the bars, you know. So um, I must have been a teenager, and I jumped up, and the person uh, who was the, was thinking about breaking in got startled too, and just jumped down and uh, and ran off, and that's uh, that's that story. So I don't think I don't think he was scared of you. Like you you weren't a big threatening person. You were a kid. No, I don't think there, it, it wasn't the type of moment where you could analyze the wasn't a situational awareness like the like what they're what they're suggesting in L.A. But I mean, think yeah. Pico Robinson is a is you know it's right on the edge of Hancock Park. It's an upscale um, um, area of of L.A. Shouldn't have to deal with walking out of shul and 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 have something someone taking shots at you with a gun. Yeah, well, I might be you know I might be not the one qualified to speak on this because I I am not. A lot. I don't I don't live in California, but and I and I know people who do, but yes. like. What would they say about it? I don't know. I don't know. California is is not is not the golden place it used to be. California is a scary place. I, I, There's a, you I, know, I haven't been there in a long time. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. What do you mean? 
Well, Gavin Newsom is the governor, and he's letting the plays go to pot. And uh, yeah, they have. Uh, so how how long how long could the Jewish community there continue to really grow and thrive without people saying, you know, what I'm done? Like, look, Ben Shapiro moved out of California for this very reason. Besides, for most of his money going to taxes, um, he just he just like really didn't agree with local politics, right. and he didn't want his kids stepping on needles in the street. Right. It's well, it's worse than New York, right? Like it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's worse than New York. I mean, all I see is the stories about the homelessness. We see miles and miles of tents and people living on the street. And the local government facilitates the drug addiction, hands out needles, helps people to shoot up with with drugs. It's it's unheard of. It's unbelievable. And I, I, the same thing is going on in New York. I don't know what's doing under Eric Adams, but you, under Bill De Blasio, it was like that. Do you agree with by the way, do you agree with that? Like there are people who are, are drug addicts and they're they're druggies and they're gonna overdose on heroin or cocaine on the street. So they have these assisted centers where they can go and at least they won't they won't die and they won't they won't overdose or they won't uh you know I don't know, they're they're doing it in a controlled way. Do do you agree or disagree with that? Well, I think I disagree with it. I think uh, effort has to be made early on to treat people that are on the uh, threshold or you know, on the cusp of uh, becoming addicted to to whatever it is. Do you see what's going on in Chicago? The homeless people moved into uh, O'Hare Airport, the fourth largest airport in the United States. There's a homeless, they there's wall to wall homeless people because anybody can walk they, into an airport, and, really? and they and they, they spend the night there because it's warm, uh, and they 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 sleep on the conveyor belt where the luggage is supposed to come out. Uh, and uh, it looks like uh, are I, you serious? I, I, I saw a story on the news where it, they she's not doing anything about it. The mayor Lightfoot uh, of Chicago, Hillary Lightfoot, she's coming up for a reelection in a few days, and she's probably going to win. They say. Uh, what? But the, the homelessness is out of control, and they've taken over the fourth largest airport in the United States. It's been taken over by the homeless. That is crazy. They come in there. They uh, they they set up house and. Uh, it's nice. Oh my gosh! They got, they got, I'm seeing they got, pictures. They got. They got. I'm looking at pictures. They got plenty. Of, they got plenty of bathrooms in the airport. You know. I don't know how this is allowed. I don't know how this is allowed. No, who, I don't who, know how this if, is allowed. If, if the mayor of the city allows it, who's going to stop it? The mayor of a different city? Who's going to stop it? Uh well, I'm not going to Chicago anytime soon. Like this is ridiculous. Well, listen, you have you you have a lot of family in Chicago. People people ask people ask the police officers like you know if they could do something about it. And it says here that they respond. They just say, "Be careful! It's out of their hands. They can't do anything about it." Lori Lightfoot is is not in opposition of it. It's such a terrible thing. So like, look at every major city: New York, Chicago, L.A. You think not, uh, not doing too well? Do you think? Do you think there's homeless people living in uh, Kennedy Airport? Do you think they would allow it if the uh, the homeless all they have to do is, Abba, all they have to do is walk in? They don't. They don't. They don't let you double park your car for thirty seconds out JF, outside of JFK. I don't think they're letting someone go to sleep on the floor. Yeah, but the, but the homeless are not coming with cars. These guys are trained only not to allow you stop for too long in front of the terminal. Everything else they'll tell you is not their job. Homelessness. They weren't trained to deal with homeless, so they only know how to tell you to move your car. And circle the uh, circle the airport yeah. a second time. So they think they take that job very seriously, honestly, a little too seriously. No, I think it's very, Anyways, it's very one-dimensional, very one-dimensional type of training. But you know, someone yeah. someone's got to keep the cars moving. Otherwise, there would be a gridlock there, also. Yeah, it would be. 
It would be. So uh, this headline broke the other night, and it made, uh, it, made it made quite the the wave in the from world, and that is about Avi Schnall. Avi Schnall, who has a very high position at the Aguda. He's been. Um, What's he doing? He's an attorney. I was, he's he's been at the helm of our good as New Jersey operations for nearly a decade, mm-hmm. so he intends to run for the New, New Jersey New Jersey's thirty assembly seat as a Democrat, posing a challenge to current Republican Assemblyman Sean Keen. Um, so that is so he's running as, like, he's running as a Republican in a primary, or he's running as a Democrat against a Republican. Or you don't he's know he's running as a demo he's running as a Democrat against a Republican against a Republican. Okay, he's running as a Democrat against a Republican for the seat, and Avi's been with Avi's been with the Aguda for a very long time. He's done a lot for the Lakewood community. Um, it's a big move. It's a big move to go throw your hat in the ring of 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 politics. Now, I guess All it's right. uh, he's making a career move. It's probably better for his uh, himself professionally and for his family. Uh, you don't know the mechanics. It doesn't mean that he didn't uh, see eye to eye or get along with people in the Aguda. I don't think if you if you work for the Aguda, uh, you know, very often if you work for any organization, it's really a stepping stone to something uh, bigger because uh, you're getting a lot of experience, you meet a lot of people, you get involved in community work, which is very important, and almost a natural step up is to get involved in uh, in uh, in politics uh, to help uh, make changes uh, on that level. And you said he lives in Lakewood, so the district he's running in is yeah. in Lakewood. So uh, you know, Lakewood is a, a vibrant uh, front community, and they need. Uh, representation in government that understands the needs of the community, which unfortunately is very rare. Can Now that we're on the subject of advocacy, <laughs> political positions, something that I think is a great idea, and I would love to see one of our organizations doing, whether it's the Aguda or, or something, I think the Aguda is sort of doing this with the knowus.org campaign, but if you're watching the Super Bowl, there was this long, there was this long ad, and it was a beautiful ad, and it was. It ended with "He gets us," and it was. It was an ad for Christianity about right. Yashka. Right. Um, right. And you know they they display that in front of you know tens of millions of viewers. <laughs> right. I think there's no better money well spent. I mean, we're trying to find the you know we're trying to bring all our Jewish people home. Maybe Chabad. Maybe Chabad should really do well, something like this. Uh, get, fund the fund. Get make a campaign about 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 Hasidus, about Hashem, and like get those those Jewish people around the world. Okay, nah, who, who let's, uh, let, let's do it for the next year Super Bowl. Uh, a thirty yeah. se- a thirty second commercial on the Super Bowl is seven million dollars this year. Yeah. So you think we could raise it? <laughs> well, I think we. You said it was longer than thirty seconds, right? It was probably a full minute. It was probably. I think it was long. I think. I think. I don't know. If, I think, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I think if your goal is to uh, have a minute uh, message uh, on the uh, uh, something about Judaism on the Super Bowl, I think you could raise the ten million dollars needed. But you have to come up. Is with, that a waste of money? You're gonna have is to, it a waste of money? You're going to have to come up with a. Uh, it depends what it accomplishes. You're gonna, but it's a good thing you have a year until the next Super Bowl because you'll be you'll, yeah. you'll be pulled in every direction to figure out what the right message to communicate. Yeah, but is. I, I don't think I have the the infrastructure to to deal with the meaning. Chabad should do it, or, or or someone should do it. Why don't they? No, I think we we just gave them an idea. I don't see why meaningful minutes shouldn't do it. You know, and uh, what am I what am I doing? My Apple crash in seven seconds if I had an ad on the on the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, first 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 thing you gotta do is raise ten million dollars for a Super Bowl. Uh, 
uh, add. Okay, that's the first things first. Okay, then you have to have you have to have the money in place or have the commitments in place. If you had uh, your choice, if you were in charge, what message would you choose to communicate about Judaism that everybody could relate to? Who are you going to be targeting? You're going to be targeting Jews, the majority of which have no connection or shaykhs whatsoever to Yiddishkeit or Torah or davening, or you're going to target non-Jews. Who are you going to target? No, I'm going to target. I'm going to target. I'm going to target people to to a compelling message to to try to go back to their roots. So, um, so you're going to target? Yeah, uh, go, you'll target secular Jews. You're saying secular Jews? Yeah, secular Jews to to, to really look at their roots and and become religious. You know, after the Holocaust, a lot of people left Yiddishkeit, and now generations, a couple generations later, their kids don't even know. Maybe that they're even Jewish, or maybe maybe they drive right. to William Kipper. You're right. You're right. You're 100 percent right. But you have to. So uh, so I would love to see. Like, why can't the Aguda like get a commercial out there? Maybe it's not their thing. Maybe Chabad could do it, do or maybe mean? Meaningful Minute will do it. Yeah, I think. Meaningful, what do you want from Chabad and Aguda? Leave them alone. You do it. They, no, but they. they <laughs> but you need the. You need the. So what's the call to action? Amazing. You know what? I think. At the end. I think. I think by Monday, if you have ten emails from people saying that I like the idea, I'd like to help you uh, raise the money to make this happen next year's Super Bowl, then I think we have something there. Yeah? Ten yeah. emails? Ten. Okay, if you're listening to this right now, ten emails, the daily thread at meaningfulminute.org. I don't know. Listen, I mean, it doesn't necessarily even be the Super Bowl. It could be like the NBA Finals. It could be – It could be. Uh, but I think like the Super Bowl is a big stage. I don't know. I think the Super Bowl is the big, is the big one. Uh, it, it's uh, – it's it's played up uh, big. It's one game. The NBA Finals goes on for a month, which uh, you got to wait for Game Seven of the last. Uh, you don't know if there's going to be a Game Seven. You know, you don't know who, which teams are going to be there. It's a, it's a whole. It's too much. Uh, you have too much uh, questions and too much. You have to depend on too much on how it's going to unfold. In the Super Bowl, you know that most likely the two best teams are going to be there, and it's going to be widely watched around the world. And that's the way to communicate a message. Well, well, Abba, how much can I count on you for? Well, you know, you, you, st- you know what? You, you, you should, after all, after 28 years. I think I'm just looking for a number amount. If, just a number not, amount would be. After 28 years, why don't you, ask, why don't you start asking someone else for a change? <laughs> <laughs> I can count on you for what? One million? No, you can't. We'll count get matchers. Well, let, let's let's see who let's see. Full match. You don't you don't think it's serious? You don't think it's serious because uh, what you don't think you don't, what, you, what, you, you don't think you can make it happen? I think you can make it happen if your goal, if know. your objective is a Super Bowl ad, uh, and you have to you you have to spend time on on thinking what is the proper message to communicate. Don't worry about the money so much. The money you'll get, you know. Well, let's talk it out. I think the message to communicate is really you want you want to show a bunch of different Jewish scenes. So like lighting menorah, stuff that people who who literally maybe when they're four years old saw their grandparents do or like, you know, something that something, first of all, positive. You know, how many how often is Judaism portrayed on Netflix or on TV in such a negative way of like grubby people trying to get money and yada, yada, yada. But like portray the beauty. You know the the whole Christian ad thing was like about like he gets us, so you could you could go on you know Eilam Chasidi Bana you can you can you know maybe I'm sure uh, maybe, maybe a message should focus on on Israel, 
You know, people no. people have why? But pe- people have no. people have a very critical. Then you're making a polit. Then you're making a not, political. No, not polit- Israel's. You see, you you just see you just see Israel as a political entity. It's, no, it's I see people's reaction. I see people's reaction well, to well, Israel. You you have to redirect their their reaction because you see you 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 only see Israel from a political perspective. This is Eretz. Ah, but they would reject this it. Is they would reject the ad. This is the land they would of reject Israel. The ad. This is the land of Israel chosen as by by Hashem to be the place for the destiny of the Jewish people. It's not just a political you think, entity. You think they would? You think they would accept an ad that's featuring Israel? I don't think so. I think they would reject that ad fast. Why? Why would they? Why would they do that? Because they, they, they you know, they didn't re- didn't reject the Christian ad. Why should they reject the Jewish ad? You know, but, but, well, but your, your problem is well, going to be inter- your problem is going to be internally with the Jewish community. They're going to be pulling you in all different directions. Which is the, the, the Jewish community is a very complex community. I think it's a great idea. Uh, I, I I don't know. I just they make this amazing campaign to drive people into into Christianity, and I bet you we I, I did a podcast with Gabriel Sanders, and I know there are hundreds of Jews sitting in church right now. And like you want to know how to reach them, we have to reach them where they're at. They're on social media. They're on, and this is probably not just a Super Bowl ad. You, you scroll on Twitter, you scroll on, on TikTok. These ads for Christianity come up, and I think we need to match that energy, not to make people convert, not to try to get people to convert. I know that's what maybe Christians are trying to do is get people to convert to Christianity and get baptized. We want people who are Jewish, who are living a life, a secular life, to connect back to their Judaism. You have, and I think you, that you have a hundred million Christians in the United States alone. Okay, how many right. yeah, from Jews? Maybe you have, maybe maybe a million, maybe a million and a half maximum. And you think there are just a million and a half Orthodox Jews? That's that's high. That's a high estimate. I, okay, I, I, and I, I I just googled here, and it says that there's 15 million Jews in the world. Okay, how many are Orthodox? Does it say that? Can you look how that many, up? Let me see. How many Orthodox? Let's, let's ask. Who are you going to ask? Uh, AI. No, I'm going to ask Google, but Google doesn't know. ChatGPT. How, how would Google? How, the, the, how would Google know? How, they can't define what Orthodox is. Well, I don't say a lot of people that consider themselves Orthodox is also as many shades of Orthodoxy. I don't think everybody that that considers themselves Orthodox you would consider Orthodox necessarily. There's traditional okay, Jews. Pew, Pew Research. Pew Research is a good. Yeah, they do a lot of research. What do they say? Uh, I'm telling you, there's not more than you know, six billion Jews in the United States. There's not more than 1.1, 1.2 million Orthodox Jews. Shabbos, okay, so we have so, so we're Shabbos. dealing with 13, 13 plus million Jews to 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 get back to Yiddishkeit. That's not that's not like I think we're missing the the boat here. There's 13 million Jews out there that okay, are Jewish, but, but but you need 10 million dollars to communicate this message. Forget the money. Forget the money. And you have and you have hundreds of curative organizations. What are they doing? The money is the money is the money is simple. The money is simple. All right, I think I think you're kidding. Probably you know being facetious. No, I'm just saying if, if I, I I don't know. First of all, if there's hundreds of millions of dollars between organizations like Olami and Aish and NCSY that are all focused on this exact thing about bringing Jewish children home. I don't know. Why don't they all get together and pitch in for a for a Super Bowl commercial? Because they're not going to be able to agree on what the message should be. They're not going to be able to. Is that agree. why? One thing that we do is not we 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 debate. We argue with each other. We 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 agree on very little uh, on very little things. And especially when it comes to 
a decision, what communicate, what message to communicate on a forum like the Super Bowl, I think uh, you're going to have a tough time uh, having uh, some kind of uh, um, unanimous um, consensus. Um, um, on what kind of message to communicate? Everyone's going to want to. Everyone's going to want to deliver their message. Abba, let's just say right now we're buying a Super Bowl commercial for next year's Super Bowl. Okay, Deal? so have have someone call, have someone call um, Fox. I think Fox. One eight hundred Super Bowl. Is it always on Fox the Super Bowl, or it changes from year to year? I think it changes year to year. All right. Different stations buy the rights. But listen, I could take out a loan and uh, pay it over time. No. <laughs> Yeah, listen. If you only if you make a, a ten million dollar campaign for a Super Bowl commercial, and you only raise thirty forty thousand dollars, then you'll uh, have to take a nine hundred and seventy million nine hundred and seventy thousand dollar loan. That's all. There's the guy cutting the grass behind me. Uh, that's perfect timing because that is our episode for today of the Daily Thread. Only up. Where, um, where, where are you up to? I come Twenty seven minutes. Oh, twenty seven minutes. Oh, wow, that was quick. Yeah. Okay, very good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we have a lot of work ahead of us. We have uh, a lot of work ahead of us. Yeah, and um, maybe 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 it should be a charity campaign. I don't know. Can you imagine if all Jewish organizations, Orthodox organizations, got together, made a campaign to raise the money and have this Super Bowl commercial on behalf of well, the, how about, the Orthodox the, Jewry? How about we come up with a, a message that all Jews in the world, uh, all all Jews in the United States, can agree on? Not a, not a, not a religious message. Not a not one right. not about filling, not about mezuzah, not about davening, not about learning. That's a very narrow message. Like uh, strip it, strip it down even more, even more. How about a message that everybody could agree to to communicate some kind of um, positive, um, exciting aspect of Jewish life? And you have six million Jews in the United States. Everybody gives five dollars, and you have thirty million dollars. You have enough for three Super Bowl commercials. Okay. And maybe we could buy some dinner for that also. I don't know. Anyways, I do think it's a great idea. And uh, we're buying a Super Bowl commercial. So meaningful this should be meaningful fun. Is buying it. It's, uh, yeah, I think my a, credit card is going to decline probably on a, that one. It's a tax deductible contribution, by the way. Great. Still have to have the money. <laughs> okay. Uh... Have a good job. All right, everybody. That's all right. We'll see you all later. See ya. Bye-bye.